Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, here for another wonderful, beautiful Friday in Houston, Texas. Um, welcome back to Energy Bites. John Calfan, the the rad dad here. My wonderful co-host, Bobby Neely. How what's up, buddy? what's up? You doing good? And today we've got my good good friend, uh, Ding Zhu. I'm going to butcher this. Ding Zhu Chow, correct? Close enough. Uh, senior advisor uh, in data science, right? So Ding, I've known Ding for a couple years now, but Ding's, I'm really excited to have you on the show just because you've got a really cool background and story and you've worked across a bunch of different, even before you got into energy and oil and gas, you've had a, a bunch of really cool experience. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yep. Appreciate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, John told me a lot about you, and you know, we have, haven't had the you know chance to really meet. I think we talked a little bit on I, LinkedIn. I see but, your face a lot. Yeah, in the, in the video. <laughs> yeah, and Colin. Yeah, you guys do have a good job. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we, we try. Um, well, so let's you know the first kind of how we normally open is just kind of getting into your background. How did you initially kind of get into either energy and or tech up to kind of you know current um, where you're at now, right? So like. When did, growing up, were you into electronics and software and stuff? Were you, I mean, I would, I cannot tell you the number of computers I broke growing up for one reason or another, just cause I like to mess with stuff and learn and, uh, and that sort of thing. So how did you kind of get into, into that space initially? That's the, that's a long story. Let's say computer science, that one. So when I was in a college, my major is mathematics, mm -hmm. okay. but we do have a minor in the software development. So that software engineer, we could say that one. So actually. When I was in college, one of my partner job is try to assemble in the machine for the liberal art college still there. Okay. So we can get some tips, right? So yeah. like, let's like, uh, 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 like say a female friend asked me, say, Ding, I want a computer. Can you assemble in one for me? Then I will go to buy all the, the, heart, the hardware, yeah. <laughs> like the motherboard, like the mm -hmm. drywall, like the CPU and put them together and then hang out to. That's when I was in college at 2000, mm -hmm. around 2000. So, so at least it had GUIs and stuff back then, right? It wasn't, it, it wasn't yeah. all command line. No, it had a Windows. Yeah, we like also we had a Windows.net, but it's not, a, in China, it's not a, uh, official. It's always like the fake one. Oh, okay. yeah, it's right. like the we copy. get it from the copy from yeah. the CD. That makes sense, like that, but, but it's working. Yeah. So actually that's the college when I touched that. But my, my college actually, we are, even learn the assembling language. Really? So it's okay. like, it's like right on deep. the hardware. Yeah, yeah, the hardware. So actually I'm part of the mathematics, math and also software. That's also sometimes the hardware, like the seven layer of right. the network. Right. So that's why I can do what I do today. Yeah. So that's why I go into the tech, like let's yeah. say computer science or like software. But in order to talk about the, how to enter the energy industry, that's an interesting story. Because when I graduated, actually I graduated as a industrial engineer. That actually is a branch of the math. It's like mm -hmm. operational research. Okay. So we, do optimization, yeah. We used to make fun of the IEs in undergrad as a mechanical engineer. We called them imaginary engineers because <laughs> it was all statistics and, and business focused stuff, which is hilarious because it's the most practical, like everyday engineering form, I think, that there is now that I'm out of, you know, in the real world and stuff, right? But it's funny too, because industrial engineering, genuinely, you can use those principles across everything. Yeah, right? it's like, yeah. It's, you can fight, it's optimization. It yeah, actually is optimization. Exactly is. You had mm -hmm. the object function, you had the constraint, and then you solve the problem. Even right now for the ML, 
AI stuff, it's still an yeah. optimization process <laughs> yeah. back in the, the, the thing, right? You need to solve the object function to fix that function. Yeah. So that's the same. So uh, back to the story. When I graduated in 2011 as a PhD, I actually worked as a small company in Tucson, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I never think one day I'd step into energy or light oil gas. But one day when I was in San Diego, I get a phone call from some like 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. I get a phone call from somewhere. They say it's a, something energy. I thought it's a DTE energy. DTA energy is a utility company in Detroit because my I get my PhD in Detroit Wednesday. Gotcha. So I thought it's a DTE. So I said, yeah, good. I will check my email after uh, later, like six or seven <laughs> when I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I said, oh, it's BP. So actually it's oh, BP okay. call from UK. And why is because like Macando, mm. uh, I do yeah. statistics, I reliability. So actually my major in the IE is uh, reliability analysis. Gotcha. Uh, when I was in school, I actually analyzed the, the unplanned tank, the tanks reliability at that time for the, as a general dynamic length system at that time. Okay. So, but uh, that's a, another story. So, so but, it's like liability, is that almost like some like uh, actuarial type? Yeah, work? like okay. similar like, yeah. So like, let's say when you buy a car, right? You had a wrong T. They give you five years right. or like 10,000 miles. Yeah. yeah. And when you find out, oh yeah, it's just after five years, right. yeah. 10,000 right. break. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the statistics. Because it right? was designed yeah. to yeah, that. Yeah, designed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Dig at the time is a Coliline soft. It's a small company. So BP at the time become a condo. So they try to, they, they actually create an organization called Global Well Organization. They try to improve the the reliability of the well equipment or something like that. Interesting. So that's why they call me. And actually, I don't know when I submit the resume. It's, I don't know when. It's just right. like they pull from the pool yeah. and see, oh, this guy has the best. So that's the, the first call I get from them. I, I reply and then after that, the hiring manager, my manager right now is still a good friend. It's just we get a four hour phone call, four hour. Wow. After that, they give me the offer. <laughs> wow. No, come to US, uh, to Houston to check what happened. So at the time, I, my father, it's interesting, my father reading the news about BP will pay like $18 billion to the government because Macando. My right. father looked at the news in China and say, are you sure you're going to BP? Are company, you going yeah. to die? <laughs> so actually, I don't know exactly what happened. And I never had a chance to come to Houston because my manager is in UK. So even okay. I want to on-site, they're not yeah. on-site. So, I tried to some route uh, channel to talk to someone in, in BP and say, what does it look like? Is the company still good? Should right. I join the company? <laughs> right. And finally, the, the people is still a best friend right now, a Chinese people, a Chinese friend say, yeah, it's good. Everything's good, just come. So that's why I joined, joined BP. Yeah. And after that, it's like, yeah, it's in the right now. No, that's, that's, a, that's a wild story. That's, uh, I, I vividly remember that point in time because I was working in the field and my roommate, uh, he like, he was interning that summer and, but he had, he would randomly just like trade stocks and stuff and Macondo had just happened and he was telling me, he was like, I just bought so much BP stock Cheap. and I looked at it and I was like, why it's bought it? Like it's so low. And he was like, cause BP has more money than half yeah, they're of gonna, they're these back, countries. Right? So like, yeah, BP is too big to fail essentially. Is what he was telling me and that the price will come back at some point. This is just an overreaction. And sure enough, I'm sure he made pretty good money. Shout out to Dennis on that one. But uh, I thought that that's hilarious. That's, that's all never waste a good crisis. Or yeah. Like well, that. it's also good that, I mean, it's also in my opinion, good that to know that our, in, our industry will go reach out and find, you know, 
experts in those subjects when yeah bad things do happen because they are trying to continue let me give you through. another story it's the same from my manager if he hired me they also tried to reach nasa to get a get a reliability guy from nasa mm -hmm. because nasa yeah. you know that yeah. that <laughs> craft actually the spacecraft that one is very reliable otherwise mm -hmm. you sure yeah. But you want NASA say, no, you guys are not going to do that. So yeah. they decline to come to wow. BB because wow. they think that we are not going to do it. Right. Follow the same procedure. Actually, that's proved that. When I, for my three or four years in that company, I tried to do something, but actually it's too big to, to okay. impact. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then, so then you ended up at like, at a, you were at Ford at one point, right? You were at a, were you not at a motor vehicle company? Motor vehicle? Ford Motors, did you work? Oh yeah, that actually, that's was that when I was in a PSD. That was before. Oh, okay. that's also a good story to talk about. <laughs> okay, uh, when I was in Detroit, right? I'm mm -hmm. in the school. So at that time, uh, 2008, actually, uh, 2006, uh, okay, that's, uh, let me straight up. So the first time I come to Wayne State in Detroit, I went to the math department. Okay. And then after one year, I just feel so bored. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it's I, I don't blame you. Either. Yeah, it's like, like all proof, that kind of stuff. I like the application, <laughs> yeah. or I like apply. So I like apply. I apply math. Absolutely. Yeah. So I try to switch from the math department to the industrial engineering department. Mm -hmm. Although it's still the same, it's just like more focused on the. Yeah, right. Trust me, I, I did a theoretical math bachelor's. Like I, all I did was proofs the whole time, and it was boring. Yeah. It was terrible. Miserable. So at that time, uh, I, I went to the professor in the IE department. They say, I don't have the fund. For you right now, but I do have a friend in 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 for the motor company. If you can get a contractor position for that one, maybe it's you can come to me. Yeah. So yeah. actually, it look like this. Like for that, we had a collaboration with the IE department. I just work as a student and go to Ford for work three days a week and okay. two days in school. So that's the plan for. So I do the interview. I do the testing. That kind of stuff. And finally, I get the offer. So I get uh, 85,000 nice. each year from, not from my, not from me. It's oh, go to, to the school. school. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. 20,000, something like okay, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but it's good. Yeah. But you know that at that time, that advisor in the Ford Motor Company, actually, he gave me a test. Well, you know how the test is like? It's like they have equation to generate X and Y. Okay. Y equal to X, yeah. something like that. And then plus the noise, plus the noise. So yep. it's a y equal to x, a function of x plus the noise. Okay. And ask me to predict the fit, the, the, the y. Okay. So actually that's E. I just use the support machine and then yeah. revolve the whole thing and perfectly. <laughs> so I get the job. That's awesome. So actually that I, I went to Florida for for like three days a week and two days in school. What were you doing for, at Ford at that time? Ah, that's also interesting, uh, related to the oil price. Okay. So I think 2007, the oil price is 149, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah 149. Yeah, What <laughs> Ford they want to do is like, they try to use the machine learning to predict the, the driver's behavior so that they can fine turn the engine's parameter to save the fuel. So let's say, you either drive very widely, or right. you drive very mildly, or you drive in the highway, mm -hmm. or you drive in the, the local, or your different environment, then they have different kind of profile for the engine. Right. Okay. And different kind of profile will impact the fuel efficiency of the engine. So that is the one year I'm trying to work on. 
That's but it's cool. not that easy. We but we do have like cool stuff. We we have uh, uh Mercury. Mercury is what? What brand is a Mercury? Uh oh Mercury. Yeah, we have Mercury right. vehicle. Yeah. Put a lot of sensor on that, drive around Detroit, collect <laughs> the data in the snow day, in the sunny day. It, it's fun. Yeah. But, yeah. But finally, I didn't get a good result out of it. Too tough. Well, I mean, I, they still, you know, to me, that's I as I've I've had a Ford for a long time, and I think that's essentially, you know, they have the the fuel uh, gauge, and yeah, then it yeah, also yeah. estimates how much fuel you have or miles to empty, your range and right? Your range and stuff, yeah. and all of that is coming from from stuff like that. So it's it's fascinating to see how you know these topics. That's I mean, that's really yeah. one of the reasons we started the show is th these topics that we talk about or these problems that people are trying to solve they're not they're unique in certain aspects but yep. in a lot of areas they're not unique right like you're trying to improve the efficiency of something yep. that could every industry is trying to do that in some yeah. form or fashion it's right? optimization exactly. optimi op optimization right mm -hmm. why will you use optimization yep so we we tried that for one year but it's not not good that result is well, not well, that's that. kind of early times of say true say, machine learning but even like just the hardware that you had available to, to even on the, implement on the oh vehicles. yeah the yeah. hardware they they actually take about 20 30 of the thing uh, the data from the engine and the, the brake the during, right now it's look like nothing, right? Because yeah. right now we have a lot of things though, like Tesla had everything there. But uh, back to that time, right? like 2006, seven, yeah. it's, a, it's still, that's what I'm saying that don't just blame on the the big three, we call right. the big three. They try to do something. It's just like- Yeah, this wasn't, no, no, the not that technology yet. wasn't there yet. Yeah, I mean, not that yeah. yet. They had the mindset ahead, but it's, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, even just looking at, personal vehicles like the vehicle i had in 2007 is very different than the vehicle i have now right and even yeah. over the last like my, my wife we she got in a wreck so we bought her a uh, new vehicle last i guess last year yeah and like her car is like a spaceship compared to mine yeah. and mine's only five <laughs> years younger you know older than hers you know so what i try i tried the i tried the sap mm-hmm Twenty ten, yeah. the last generation yeah of the they SAP. don't even make sobs i still there. Right? nobody yeah. makes that and it's really expensive Last time I tried to change the what the compressor, it cost me like eighteen hundred. I was gonna say it was expensive. Yeah, <laughs> like, more no more the, parts. Yeah, yeah, more than more more expensive than car. Yeah. Because when I try to change the car, they say it's two twenty so twenty hundred twenty hundred twenty hundred two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then my wife said, "Should we repair?" I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure." No, that's uh, yeah, it's crazy how how fast tech tech changes. Uh, yeah. <sighs> But that, the more it changes, the more it stays the same too. It's you know, like because some true. of the companies that I mean, I, I've moved on to Toyotas recently, and it's like they kind of get dinged because they they stay with mm -hmm. older technology, but it works. And yeah, they like, almost have the Apple model. Right, yeah, like, it's like we implement it really well. Our reliability is good. Like the user experience yeah. is good every single time. Yeah, but, they are they are still like resist to the EV, right? Yeah, yeah but, very, but, but very progressive on the hybrids. Side. The hy mm -hmm. I think the hybrids is a good yeah. one. Yeah, I think I still think that's like the best balance today, right? Like I wouldn't buy just an EV car as my primary vehicle because of the range anxiety yeah. issue. But an EV gets you all the benefits that I want you locally, hybrid? where uh -huh. I'm commuting every single day, 15 yep. miles to and from. But then I also have the ability to drive however many hundreds of yep. miles I want to because I can still fill it up. Yeah. Yep. And so it's, but then you've got the physics of that, right? Where it's like, well, you've got all these batteries and they're super heavy and you've got the efficiency issue mm -hmm. kind of fighting each other there. But how did you, how did you go from there and end up uh, at Anadarko? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's also a very interesting story. So uh, BP actually like 2004, five the oil price going down, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And also I think at that time BP scaled back from the solar and uh, buy fuel something like that. They sell all this solar and wind at that time. Because before right. they call yeah. it a back to petroleum, before they say be, beyond, beyond petroleum, petroleum yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys know that story. <laughs> so right now we're not coming what they're doing right now. So, so at that time they, they we had set, start from 2015, 2016, yeah. we had different kind of run of layoff. Mm -hmm. I survived. That's fine. Because I play with the spoke mic and the R at the time yeah. I you do in yeah. BP. Actually, that's really at the ones at that time in BP because they had a lot of region. And they right. need to know the global production. Mm -hmm. And I'm using the VBX, VB6 in the Excel to write the program to pull the data from different database yep. and send to the Spotlight so they can view the Spotlight. Yes. I'm not sure that you use it, but after I leave BP, John Anadago for up to two years, my previous colleagues still talk about this one with me and try to get the award from inside BP, like oh, call it Helios award. The uh, amount of the <laughs> amount of Fortune 500 companies that at one point in time and probably still are running off of VBA and Excel. Oh yeah, VBA. Is just sorry, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it's right? no VB6, it's yeah. VBA in the Excel. Yep. So at that time, uh, several rounds of the layoff, and then uh, I just a little get tired. But at the time, Anadago actually create a AAET right. and they try to do something. And and even like inside BP, at the time BP had a, like, a, they call it a, a well advisor system, similar to what I do okay. right now, the real-time system. Mm -hmm. I know what they're doing. And then I want to do the same thing, right. but I don't get the chance. Then when I went to Anadago, that's the one of the reason I joined Anadago. Another is the bailway, because the 99 is go through. Yeah. I live in KD. Okay. And then the woodlands. That, woodland. If that is not go through, I may not join the Anadago. But that's one of the reasons yeah. I joined Anadago. That's why we moved to KD. Was 99 was open. And I was like, well, my family's in the woodlands. That's an easy <laughs> hop right, on 99 yeah. and go all the way up there, right? Like it uh, it makes a difference. Yeah, that's the that's one of the main reasons. And also, actually, that's a, that's a good decision because when I joined Anadarko, actually, we do a lot of good stuff in yeah. like three or four years. That's a shame Anadarko got bought by Oxycom. I mean, they were doing a lot of really cool things. Like, I mean, I mean, what you were working on, but then you got, I mean, Zectos broke off from there. Mm -hmm. and well, like it just Jose their, and Diego, their, like, I mean, some really good. Their approach, yeah. right, like, was like, hey, we'll go, you know, kind of pseudo crowdsource this stuff. Yeah, and they it, did some of that too, yeah. And like, they did the hackathons and stuff, like, like innovative stuff now, and that was what seven six seven years ago yeah, seven right? years ago yeah yep. and so that's uh yeah it is you know they got bought because they were doing those sure. things but then of course as with most things whenever smaller innovative companies get bought they end up being forced into the the old way of doing or things they just the say companies. we don't want that i mean like right yeah or they just drop it all i mean because you know uh had data engineer my team from ensign and like they did some really cool stuff andrew munoz was there mm -hmm. they did some really cool stuff and they got by by, by marathon and as far as I understand, they were like, oh, yeah. we don't want, we don't want that stuff. We just want your acreage. You know, it's like, but they did some really cool stuff, man. Right. Like, like don't let that die on the vine. Like, yeah. but, uh, but no, I mean, back to you. Sorry. I mean, like, so I like, added Darko, I mean, like, you know, some of the cool stuff you did there. I mean, yeah, you've got, I mean, you've got SP papers, you've got all kinds of really, really fascinating. Yeah. Stuff at that, that time we, we, we do a lot of good stuff and then put into production. That's more powder because like, like I told you when your ML model run 24 seven, 
that's the kind of feeling is good. At that time, right now it's normal. Even you use a Gmail, they had yeah. an email model in the back right. thing. But at that time, you know, especially in oil and gas, like in the dueling, that's a very old display. You, you can have an email model running 24-7. Yeah. Just yeah. classify the data. That's, well, that so kind of feeling is good. Let's yeah. talk about that because that was most of your focus. Well, it was mostly the operations side, right? Yeah. So drilling and completions. Yep. So I know you have papers on drilling models and some on the frac side as well, right? Yep. To talk about kind of your experience with that coming in, I'm very curious personally because I know lots of pretty much every oil and gas company is in this spot of like, all right, we've got a bunch of data. We know that we want to try and optimize these X, Y, and Z processes because these are the most time consuming, biggest mm -hmm. cost, et cetera, most highest risk. And but a lot of them, you know, they they skip the foundational part of you have to have good data that's structured and and tagged and quality and gone through all the ETL and and everything before you can even start to train a model. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious, like your experience coming into, you know, what you would call a traditional oil company, even though Anadarko isn't what They're I would call a traditional oil yeah. company. But how how was that coming in? Like, was the did you have that kind of foundational place. data problem out of the gate, or were they a little bit more ahead of the curve in that? So you, yeah. But uh, to be honest, when we are in Anadarko, the data foundation is not that good actually. Yeah. So like like a lot of the context data, like the metadata, like the well, BHA, June string, that kind of data, we do have like I think in Anadarko we use the well view or open well. I cannot mm -hmm. remember. Mm -hmm. We do have that. Database there, but nobody put the information there. Right. So that's one of the problems. Uh, and another side is the real-time side. Actually, mm -hmm. the, we had a victim mail. You know that. During side, we always have victim mail. Although right. it has 30, 30 second latency yeah. on it, but we had that one. But the, the, the data foundation for Anadago is not that good. It's just like we try to do something. Back to that time, either you buy or of build, right? right yeah. So at that, at 2017, there are not so many stuff in the market. One is the mobilized, you know right. that. Yes, they are yeah. actually the best that, at that time. Kowa actually at that time is not that good. Yeah. They come from 2014 and then almost die at, at okay. 2017. And then Ryan do something, I'm not sure. But right now it's- Yeah, it wasn't interesting because we were in the kind yeah. of dabbling in that space of the completion streaming when I already asked. So we were pseudo competitors. I would never, you know, definitely not on the software side, but on the streaming side. But we talked to Mobilize and talked to Corva and, and even well, uh, well data labs. Yeah. Like, data labs later is in mm -hmm. the, in the completion side, yeah. not in the doing side yet. Yeah. But so at that time, you can see that is not very good option. Right. So in Anadago, actually, we had enough week to support. Like, let's say you, if you have five weeks, you can support. Right. And so that's why we decided to do it internally. And uh, and also you can see that the, the benefit of the internally build is like you can customize. You want something, you just mm -hmm. do it. Right. And <laughs> yeah. right, it's, you don't wait for Cora right. to do it for right. you because that will take a long time. Yeah, because they need four other people to say they want it. Yeah, for them to do they, it, you they, know, they are, understandably. Like. Yeah, so so at that time, that's why. And also at that time, Tipco. Tipco actually come to us. They want to break the market in the bright eyes of the market in the oil gas. So they need a they need a panel to work together. Mm -hmm. So here I need to appreciate uh, my uh, my collaborator from Tipco, Steve. Actually he teach me a lot of stuff in the stream side, yeah. stream processing because the Tipco stream base right now I click call stream actually used in the trading system. Right. You know the trading yeah. system is like millisecond yeah. latency. So they use that one is very good. 
So they follow that one, come to oil and gas, work with me, and then we build that from the scratch with that one. So they actually, I learned a lot of the principle from sure, them. right. Uh, and so that's why later when I moved to Kafka, actually I, I just changed the tool, but the thing principle is still there. So that's why we come to, and then for oil and gas, you can see in the drilling side, to be honest, the data is real-time data or like contextual data. And also the model is there. There's not much, too much uh, new thing you can do, but the most important thing is the automation. Right. Because right now, like let's say the technology model or like the hydrogen model, if you don't maze automate, the engineer need to spend two hours to copy paste all the input yeah, the from the open world to the to the to the well plane. We call it the well plane mm -hmm. and kick the button lines. Mm -hmm. And nobody will do that right. if you don't have special yeah. need. But if you maze automate, then the people will use it every single right. day and it's bring value, right? It's depend so that's why we say we need to make a lot of stuff automate. We we build some ML model. Because like the old one, like the loop based one is not good enough. But for other models, we just follow, we just lease. Like mm -hmm. I work with Juicegain, right now it's part of HMP. So we lease the model from them. Just pay like 20, 30, 40, I right. can remember $1,000 each year. Just okay. uh, you, you just plug the model in. Plug the model in, we just send the data, we get the result back. Okay. So I don't need to reinvent the view. Right. We just do make sure that UI is good. So, so I think that is the, the beauty right now. Yeah. It's still ongoing. Yeah, but no, yeah. that's a good, I think that's great advice because it's, I think everyone, regardless of what side of it you're on, everyone runs into that build or buy question mm -hmm. at some point, yeah. right? Yep. And this concept of being able to build where you need to, but also license and buy where you need to, like, it's not either or. There's going to yeah. be times where both yep. make sense, right? Yep. Build these parts of it that don't exist that you can't buy because it doesn't yeah. exist. And it's, and it's totally dependent on the operator too. I mean, Absolutely. Like we're smaller than you were at Anadarko. We're probably <laughs> right. going to lead more buy on those things. But I mean, we like to do some stuff in house and there's even oh, stuff yeah. we're talking about that uh, two years ago we wouldn't have built, but now right. we might build now. But right. I mean, resources is a big um, part of it. But then, you know, Exxon can throw 20 data scientists at a problem. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like it's just, you know, it's a different. Yeah. That, that actually, like, uh, after I lived uh, Anadarko, actually, I joined the company in Tosa. So when the, my manager called me, I was in Alaska. I think in, I was in Vancouver in the conference, called me, invite me to join the company. The first thing I asked him is how many rig you have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have at least five rig right. so you can support. Otherwise you hire me, it's meaningless, right? right? So, yeah. so that's the, but, but it's come out good. Yeah. Uh, we build something in the completion side mm -hmm. after 2020, that, that year. So, so it, it, it's a good one. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the model st side of things because that's 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 obviously super buzzworthy and, and hot topic these days. But let's talk about, you know, because especially on the ops side, right? Because you, a lot of your background focus has been on drilling and completions with you know, optimizing those things with yep. AI and ML. And those things traditionally are not the best from a data perspective. Again, it's it's not that there isn't data. It's that there is data, but it's unstructured. It's in a bunch of different places. The context exists, but it's somewhere else from the actual data. If it's and, complete. Right. And there's <laughs> yeah. all these nuances and stuff. So let's talk about like the, the streaming side of things as far as the data ingestion piece goes, because that is the source of yeah. any kind of ML model that you're mm -hmm. going to have. And then mm -hmm. let's get into kind of some of the different models and techniques that y'all used and mm -hmm. 
played with and how you figured out the best ones and, and things yeah. like that. So, but, yeah, I'd say let's chop it up there, but let's focus on like I guess that stream processing piece yeah. and see how how it's evolved. Because like you said, you were a stream based with Tibco, so let's talk about you know a little bit more about that. Just kind of what it is, and then relative say that you sounds like you moved on to Kafka, and if you've done anything else, let's talk about those one, two, or three tools, and then like how they compare contrast. Because you yeah. know, as I understand, one's more it's more of a you know drag and drop GUI, mm-hmm. and the other one's much more you know kind of code based so let's yeah. kind of jump into that. that that's a good one uh, let, let's let, let's talk about that yeah. one yeah. well and like the pros and cons from someone you know if mm-hmm. whoever's watching is a data scientist at an operator and they're trying to you know figure out which tool they're going to go with yeah hearing your direct feedback of like well this one is good for this because x y and z but it's not that great for this because it you know is batched instead of streamed yep. or whatever so yeah so uh tip costume based they run out the costume. I haven't uh, paid attention to them for a while. I'm not sure how they evolve right now. It's actually it's like a, a Lego. The mm-hmm. picture of there is a graphic. Yeah. It's like the Nogret. I'm not sure you guys play with the Nogret. It's like a block, a block, a block. Yeah. Each right. block is do a different kind of stuff. It's visual. Just, yeah, yeah, it's, visual a, it's almost like SSIS or yeah. like a. Yeah. You just need to put the block. The, the data is flow from the left to the right. You mm-hmm. just plug in all the stuff inside and go through it. Yeah, they use this one in the financial market for a long time, and right. it's very good, but it's very expensive. It is, yeah. yeah. Tipco is always. <laughs> we looked at that when I was at RDS, product. yeah, and then we're like, no, nah, that's not gonna work for us. The like, reason why uh, they kill Anadarko one is because they cannot pay the license. Yeah. Because when uh, when Anadarko worked with uh, Tipco for the first three years, it's almost free. Yeah, because it was so, a partner. Uh, yeah, like, it's a partner. I use them for free. But when I left, it's not free. So that yeah. they cannot afford it. Like, so yeah. that's one of them. But another one is because the, I'm not sure they change anything right now. That one is not disputable. It's not like the, the cloud. It's like, because there is a drama behind the scene. That's typical customers. So the guy told to me that say Dean, we try to make the distributable, this uh, like parallel processing okay. in the cloud, so you can uh, uh, scale. Uh, scale is, but Horizon- they, they say scale. they cannot do that. I'm not sure they can do it right now, but they are very useful and very easy to pick up. And they have a lot of the block you can just plug in your model, right. so you can see that data coming. You put a box here. What kind of yeah. equation here? Right. It's, it's like the water, right? Water flow here. You put a red, and it's coming in red yep. here. So. That actually, that's the, the lot. That's actually the concept. But the Kafka is different. Kafka is like a palm. Mm-hmm. It's like a big palm or lake. You put all the data there. You have small app to get the data out and processing and put back yep. in a real time. So these two is the two different concept of right. the software. Because handling sharding and like and then writing to distributing out, it can kind of fan out. Yeah. To different so sources. so the stream base is left to right. It's right. the sequence linear processing. Sequential. It's linear. The sequential yeah. processing. But you can have different kind of the line to do that. Yeah. Right. But the Kafka is a different one. Kafka is like a big lake. Yeah. All yeah. the water there, data there. You just get out, process, come back, and yeah. next one just get back yeah. based on the topic. So that is actually is the the big difference. Yeah. But, I mean, Sean, uh, but also, I mean, Kafka is much more code-based. I mean, I originally it was Java, and then they built, like, KSQL, and they yeah. built, you know, Confluent obviously has, like, the Kafka Connect, where it makes it a little easier. You can define things on either side, and it'll kind of run those. But there's a lot more overhead, and even just, you know, even just, like, deploying Kafka. Like you said, you know, stream-based maybe doesn't distributely or horizontally scale, and Kafka does, but it takes a lot more know how to dis- how to deploy Kafka. Yeah. 
But the Kafka right now, you don't need to manage your own one. Like when I was in the private company, we actually we talk, work together, right? Yeah. We try to put the Kafka in the field. Yeah. And that's cool, right? But it's a little heavy. Like we talk about is before it's not designed for the field because right. it's, it's not for designed for the data center. It's not for the yeah. the edge. So but I'm not sure right now how it's doing. Yeah. But like you say, yeah, the deployment is a little bit hesitant, but Right now it's all cloud. You just use the conference. You never had any issue. Right. Yeah. They give you the connect stream, like URL plus the port. That's it, right? Yeah, you just right. talk to it to get back. But stream based, you need to install that one in your local yeah. machine or in your VM and or like Kubernetes, I don't know. And then you run it there and you connect to it and do all the stuff mm. and deploy it. It's a little different. The yeah. Stream based is, is the old days of the software development. Yeah. And the Kafka actually is the modern life. That's what yeah, I can right. say. Yeah, but, and they've got the managed version. Like, but like I mean, I think it's worth talking about too, and I'm not trying to be a typical salesman, but is that stream based connects right to Spotfire too. So then you have end users, you know, your drilling engineers or completion engineers that are familiar with doing stuff in Spotfire, that can be a source into Spotfire and they can do That's one point I want to mention. Back to 2017, when we worked with the Tipco, they actually thought at that time the sales lady is Kim, and I cannot remember her full name. Right now, she is with uh, Microsoft right now. At that time, we give them the suggestions like you need to hook up the stream base with the tip, uh, the Spotify, and let the Spotify as the real time visualization. The visual, yeah. yeah, like the tick tick tick. You can see that prop, but yeah. I don't think right now they may happen yet. No, you think they've got it now? I, maybe sure. I know. But that at that time is our give them the, we give them the suggestion. Say yeah. we want that at the at that. You will have a lot of market because like oil and gas guy always use they want to see the the Spotify right is easy and if you can get the real time data flag. Yeah. Like a grandfather, right? Mm -hmm. It's as yeah. useful as a grandfather that everybody will use it. So yeah. yeah, so that actually is uh if they can integrate like that yeah. way. I think they got it recently. I mean, like and I, mean, but, I know yeah, previous yeah, yeah. group you were working with, I think they had the connection and that it was connected to the stream base. Yeah. I know it, it is a source to Spotfire now. Like But I'm not sure the Spotfire can the real time part. Real actually, time actually time. show the show that like every single second well, you see that I mean we saw someone do it, but it, again it wasn't native. It was because you know the text area in Spotfire you can use as a web page. So they they installed oh, yeah, yeah, that so they installed good. in you know, I don't know if they're using like um I, I use a web player like plotly a lot, or something yeah, like that. A lot, yeah. But but I mean like the text area you can like you could install like plotly or pull the CDN oh, okay. and then you can like visualize that, but you're using JavaScript behind the scenes to connect to oh. that, not it's truly a, the yeah, native. It's like, a workaround. Oh, it's a workaround. Okay. Yeah. yeah but uh, but even when I use a Spotify, <clears throat> I like it because it can be a million of low. It, it's such a great visualization tool if you have large data sets. Yeah. Like, like that I you want to visualize. Like right? I tell like, you, right now we had a real time model 24 7. So what we do in the morning, we will view the past 24 hour data. Right. Past 24 hour, how many data points you see? Is Each hour is 3,600 times. 24 and times the 25 ring yeah yeah and then we view that and try to see what the model look like it's a long prediction then we collect that one so right. that's the spotify we use a spot every day spotify every yeah. day yeah yeah no there's that's one of the, the well, consistent points i feel like across the show is that if you can if you can make it easier to use whatever it may be in the place that the end user is comfortable yeah, meet them whether the that be excel google uh, sheets or spotfire or whatever, or whatever yeah whatever tool they're comfortable with mm -hmm. is normally the best way you're, you're gonna, gonna get buy-in yeah, yeah that's the way i like recently maybe out of topic for this uh, question but right now we had a deal stealing team mm -hmm. they want to you they use a star stealing you guys yeah. don't know yeah it, right? we had uh, igor on uh, yeah 
So they need rely on the read to send them the data and plug the plug because they need to send out the plug the the report every three days, uh, three times a day. Right. But they rely on the read to send them the slide data or other data. Right now, because my system, we just push the data mm-hmm. to the to the star steering, star and they yeah. just hit the button and they get all the data. Before they never know that that's easy and also our quality of the data is good because we had the ML slide model actually running very accurate like 95 or 96, 97, something like that. When they get the data from the rig, they say, okay, two o'clock to 205 is the slide. Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> 206 to 210 yeah. is the next slide. But actually it's no, it's like yeah. maybe 203 to 205 right, right. is the slide. Yeah, yep. it's the difference in a human writing it down in a spreadsheet, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is probably where it's coming from because that's how all the field stuff happens, yeah. right? And we get to every single level. So single level, uh, single second level. So you, this second is a slide or not? We right. classify, so that's it. Okay, let's go back to the Spotify, not the Spotify, the Simbase and the Kafka. Yeah. The another thing is like, I think it's like when when I out another article, I see what happened to the system we built. I feel that we need to get that kind of technology, mm-hmm. which is open source, yeah. but you still had a managed service. Right. You had support. Support. Yeah. yeah. You, that's why Kafka come into the spot. Yeah. Greatly because like you never know next time who come in to get the current company mm-hmm. and they're open. It's so similar to like the cloud, the same thing. Right now a lot of people like to write the application into one cloud. Yeah. Like either AWS. But then you're locked in. They're logging. That's what yeah, happened. You make it portable, Dago. you can move it around. Yeah, and the Dago, you we use the Google's cloud at that time. But when Oxy coming, it's a rule. Yeah. So if you do anything, use the GCP. You need to redo the whole thing in yeah. the Azure. So that is crazy. So that's why right now I try to avoid this kind of use the, the native like, yeah. service in the cloud, yeah. a single cloud. But if like Kafka, AWS has containerize it, even different cloud service, they had a Kafka right. managed service. Like AWS mm-hmm. has, Azure has, like Google has, and also Confluent has. Mm-hmm. So that's another, we call the vendor, vendor lock. We don't right. want to be locked by the yeah. vendor. That's yeah, Tipco, you're tied to them because, like, because that doesn't go anywhere else, no, right? You no. know, like at least maybe like a Python script I wrote in a Google function, I can maybe tweak it a little bit relatively quickly. But right. like, if it's stream based, you just got to refactor everything. Yep. You know, and that's a it's pendable. Yeah, yeah. it's pendable. So well, that's what they're banking on, though, right? Like that's that's a lot of their business. Model. Yeah, that's, that's sticky because it's working. Yeah. And like, well, you know, that's that's why it's going to be a million dollars to cut off it anyway. So that's three, Azure four years of well, not license fees. Like or not always like the Pi or SFI, mm-hmm. right? Right now, it's oh, a lot of people had an issue with that one. Yeah. The Aviva tried to phase out the Pi. <laughs> I move all the customer to Aviva. Aviva, uh, yeah. Yeah, but but people don't want to use Aviva yeah. because it's more expensive. But you. You rely on the Pi, which is written in VB6. And everyone uses Pi, too. <laughs> like, it's it's very similar to Spotify, right? Where it's you've got a license but on Spotify, pretty much everybody's. Buddy, the problem is the Spotify keep updating with the technology. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want yeah. to say the name. I <laughs> no, I mean, I, they all the users of it know. They know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. They yeah. don't keep updates. It's still a VB6 in yeah. the back end. And they never, never in, invest a tiny on that one. And they just try to push all the pie customer to the Aviva. Yeah. yeah. Now that's, 
Yeah, no, I mean, this is exactly why we have this show, because a lot of people, you don't know what you don't know until you, you go through that. that. You get into like, well, it, you shit. feel the pain. Yeah. Right? It's going to be a million dollars for us to migrate this, or we just live with it. Right? Yeah. And so, no, that's, I mean, that's definitely, if, if y'all haven't, if whoever's out there that's in the data ingestion side, if you haven't looked at, at Kafka and Confluent, it's a very, very useful tool for that real-time uh, And we streaming. use it every single day, right? Uber yep. bang is the yeah. Kafka. When you place the order for a ride, that's the Kafka. Send the message to some place and do the... Yeah. So. Well, that's the other thing too, is if you're, as you're evaluating those solutions, look at who else is using them because Uber has a much more difficult use case than we do in oil yeah. and gas, no matter yeah. how you And Uber has, that. you know, tons of Silicon Valley software engineers that mm -hmm. are focused on that and they're writing open source software. And like, that's why, I mean, things come out of those companies that right. other people use because they build built in-house solutions because they have the team to do it. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So let's move downstream a little bit from there. So we're, we're, it's into Kafka. Let's say now you've, you've moved on to Kafka. Where, where are you landing the data? Uh, Does it go into a database? Does it go into a data lake? Oh, is it like, to go to Snowflake? Snowflake. Snowflake. Right. Okay, y'all. Uh, yeah, we we have a really good enterprise uh, Snowflake. Okay. Infrared. All my data is stopped in the Snowflake. Whoever want to use it, they just go there and get. Okay. It. Yeah, that's have, what that's what we use as well. So I mean, yeah, and we use Mongo before. We may still need to use Mongo one day because Mongo is a is a non SQL, so you don't need right. to define the table. Yeah, <laughs> but but you can drop your JSON blob into a staging of uh, Snowflake, and then they have the the parsing. They yeah, can maybe JSON, that because you can do JSON parsing in uh, in Snowflake. Yeah, because right now that's back to the VTML with more detail. Like VTML, you have four hundred or five hundred column, mm -hmm. right? But we only need right. fifty of them for yeah. the remaining for fifty. Some of them have data, some doesn't have the data. Right. That we call the dynamic uh, column. Right now we try to get that one. If they had the data, we still want to get it and see yeah. whether it's useful in the future. But we cannot build a, <laughs> right. a table for that because each read, the name is different, yeah. something like that. So that's why maybe one day we need to use the, the Mongo or like, like you say, the, the block and passing the software yeah. to that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay, so it's in there and then, so now, Let's talk, and let's talk about what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. So we're doing, you know, training real-time models, right? Mm -hmm. Or so do y'all train the model and you just let it run and are you just passing in and getting the outputs or are you also training it in real time? And is it, is it, you know, once it gets to a certain confidence level, are you deploying a new model or are you just, is it more kind of a manual process for you? Yeah, that would be an interesting topic to talk, right? Uh, so right now we, right now for the tuning side, we only have one ML model running 24 seven in production. Okay. Almost, almost two years. That's the ML slide, right? The slide model. Uh, we build that in Anadago and I rebuild the whole thing, but the different architecture. Because Anadago, we use a, a convolution neural network. Mm -hmm. Right now, we use okay. a mean rocket. That's another uh, uh, model. But my my goal is like, I always try to see what is available in the open source community and mm -hmm. try that one. 100%. So we, yeah, like let's say Meta had a new model coming out, yeah. maybe can be used by my use case. I will give a try right. whether it's good or not and continue. So that is one side. We try to see whether we can use a different kind of new model mm -hmm. to improve. Another side, like let's like say, uh, we don't train the model in real time. Okay. So the model will train offline and put in real time uh, inference. But we retrain the model whenever we feel that is needed to. For example, okay. let's say- There's a, a unique data yeah, set. Yeah, let, let's say, point. right now we have 20 rig. Tomorrow we add two rig. Yeah. The two rig, you, we never see, the model never see the data for the two rig before. And sure. also 
maybe the location of the well is never had that training data before. Yeah, right. So we need to monitor that to look and see how good are they. A lot of time we use our eyes. Sorry, sure. we don't have good stuff because they don't have ground truth, right? When the real time data coming, you never know it's a slide rotate until you use your right. eye to see or you use the model to classify. Sure. So that we don't have um, an automatic metrics. We use the eye like me or my one of my teammates. Yeah. We'll view the past 24 hours, use the spoke by. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Oh, that's. <laughs> we have a funny story about that. when Bobby and I were working together, we were. He was messing around with with building some uh, some frac models to identify the different like to even classify just, the just different parts stages, of the frac stage, like right. build up, you know, breakdown uh, year, you know, all that. ISIP. That is really useful, right? That, yeah. That. Well, because we were trying to get because like it was either that or we were gonna have to have like our account manager or someone looking at it and brushing and, and marking, you know. So we were trying typing. to like classify that so that because a lot of people then wanted to be able to you know align you know normalize wells to breakdown or normalize them to frac mm -hmm. start or to ISIP, but you have to have that classification yeah. first all so. the metrics that that you want typically on an on at least on the frac side are very easy to back out when you know the start and stop uh -huh. right but mm -hmm. the start and stop or which part of the start and stop you're in you know are you in the pad or the ball seating or breakdown or wherever you're at uh is important and so that was we were having these conversations and i was like i asked him i was like it's almost like we need a computer vision model because like visualizing that data is so much easier to say I can look at, at least for a say, human yeah. yeah to say this is where this happened this is where this happened and this is where it started and stopped and all of that stuff and so like bobby just built a little uh i don't know an r or like plotly yeah, and you know, i just it would just like it was just a, you would brush it would pull up the data set and you would brush it and then you tag, tag it, it and it would, and it would get save saved to back the data to the data set. set and i was like that's a brilliant way of doing yeah, this that's labeling know? right that's yeah. labeling yeah. yeah we call labeling yeah that's what we do but, right? but you have to do that up front i mean someone's yeah. got to train it i mean so whatever it was was trained off of my eye which i generally knew but but then then you bring in bias too right you yeah. know like um because you should probably have a handful of people doing it right. that way you get a few different experts opinions on it but Man, um, people don't think like people think that it's like oh i've got this data set and then i can throw an algorithm at it and then it spits it out all the good shit right yeah like, it's like no you manually have to go through and tag thousands of stages right or if you're good like shout out to uh well data labs right like they built their interface so that the user is tagging yeah. these things and yeah, then it's and getting then, stored and then you get enough users doing that now you have federated learning feeding your model yeah. constantly right doing it I think more companies in the energy space on the software side specifically need to understand like the processes that their users are doing and how and if there's ways to use that to build and train models because yeah. that's happening literally every day. Yep. So instead of you feeling this overwhelming, like how do we, where do we start? We've got 10 years of data and thousands of data sets. Like, no, just start A now. small piece. Yeah. Small, let the users like as much that you can do where it's being crowdsourced mm -hmm. from the community and the users that are using your stuff every day, the better because they're the ones who are going to, they're the SMEs on it to begin yeah. with. Right? Yeah. Like, well, and you talked about like, you know, hunting for, you know, and again, technology changes so much because now like neural networks are like old news almost. Right. But like at the time, but I mean, I ended up searching around trying to find a good, and I found a good neural network for classification that some PhDs had written. So I was like, let's try it out. And, yeah. you know, and then I had to work on the kind of the overlaps and finding the right distances. But like, they were doing basically what I was doing for a different application. Yeah, more, I think, medical or whatever it was. But then it was like, well, they're just looking at, you know, different streams and like training it. And yep. like it was a recurring neural network and it, you know, it worked pretty dang well. Just yeah. I wouldn't, I didn't say long enough to see it through. But. Well, so what's your, what's some advice, both, you know, 
things that you had to learn the hard way and things that you uh, found out the easy way. But what's kind of some advice that you have for people that, you know, are data scientists in these different companies and stuff trying to, you know, start using ML? Like what's, what's, what are some of your big, you know, pain points that you ran into that, you know, now you wouldn't run into, mm. but you only know that because you experienced it firsthand, right? Like, yeah, my first ex uh, uh, advice is always the use case. Yeah. Focus mm -hmm. on the use case. Don't care about the fancy model. Yeah. So like right now, a lot of people think that, yeah, the, 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 the model is more important, but actually not. Like right now they had, they had always had two uh, opinions. Why is the model central or like data central? That's right now. Model, that means you always try to build a SOTA. That means the state of the art model is always good. Use the same data set yeah. and build a good model. But the, the on the other side, like they always try to get the best data right. and use because a lot of model is not that huge different. Right. So so that's what I want to tell the younger if they want to come in and say, whenever you try to do something in visit mail, you need to focus on your use case. Yeah, use yeah. case, use case, use case. Like when you buy a house, it's always yeah. location, 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 yeah. right? <laughs> so here is the use case. When you get a good use case, either you use a very dumb way to make it happen or use a very fancy way to make it happen. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Either, either like when I was in uh, BP, I used the VB6, no, the VBA yeah. and Excel to make it working, but I made it working. Yeah. And right. Like solve someone's you, problem. If you yeah, solve, solve their the problem. problem like, and I get, uh, I get, what we call so why in several rounds of the layoff because the that stuff. Right. Yeah. Although I finally I leave, but but it's not like technology sometimes is good, but you cannot just use the head hammer and try to find the nail. Yeah. You get the nail and then you use different kind of use stuff. Use the right tool for the job. To, to or... the right tool for the job. Even if it's a really dumb one. Even you are PSD. Don't make right. doesn't mean that you yeah. don't play with the Spotify or like the VBA, right? Yeah. yeah. So no, that's... that that's my suggestion. And I mean, th and that is very yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Colin out there about it. You know, like when a user uses a website, they couldn't care less yeah. whether it's Ruby or Python or Java yeah. behind the scenes or using React <laughs> or Angular. Like when I click the button, does it work? It's yeah. Does it does spin fast, spin up fast? Like, so, I mean, use whatever tool that works and get, gets it done. But the end users, you know, we, we live in this technology world where we know all these different technologies and think, oh, we got to use it. 90% of the people out in the world don't care. They couldn't care less. No, they don't you know, what you're using, they just want it to work yeah. and to solve their problem. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. and I think the other, the other thing that, that people run into when they're chasing new technology is that like, uh, we were having this conversation the other day, but like vector databases, right. Uh, there's a group here that I've been to a couple of their meetups. It's a Houston AI group or whatever, but a lot of the conversations are like, well, there's, here's a list of a dozen vector databases, right? Like, <laughs> Which one Who's gonna should win? I use? Who's gonna and it, like when you're that early, when you're almost like in that bleeding edge space, you don't know who the who the Googles and Microsofts are gonna be. And so if you choose one and you go build your entire stack off of it yeah. and it doesn't survive, then you're screwed anyway. So understand the new things that are happening and what's happening there, but don't immediately don't run, to run to them as the first thing you're gonna use because guess what? There might be something that has existed for 20 years that has full support all the documentation in the world and it's super easy to use, mm -hmm. but it's not the sexy new sexy thing. Sexy name, right. sexy yeah. name. Exactly. A lot of time it's just the sexy name, right? Yeah. Like the day I reading a news, they uh, MIT 
professor just changed the name of his class from linear algebra to AI foundation. And the class is just like got huge. Yeah. huge. Yeah. No, so so the name is just like well, I guess I guess I took AI foundations back in 2008. <laughs> no, it's I guess. Good. Yeah. It looked good in that transcript, right? No, <laughs> Colin has the same story. He said uh, there was I don't remember what company it was, but they were at a you know doing a talk at a university, a presentation for the students, and it was something about you know using it. It wasn't. It was very technical. The the original time that they presented it, and then the next one was like leveraging AI for this. And it was a, like the first time they did it, there were like two students because it was talking about mathematical application yeah. of et cetera, you know, as we do in the technical community, we're very technical with the names normally. But then the second time around, the marketing department had gotten a hold of it and they molded it into this, you know, whatever with AI and the class, it was full, yeah. right? Like, and it's, it, branding is a huge and a very real marketing and branding is a very real thing. But when it comes to dev and stuff, like, just because it's old doesn't mean you shouldn't use it or that it's bad or that it's not like it, there's a lot of value that it brings yeah. and it's funny because when i was younger i feel like i would be slapping myself for my current self for saying that because i love the bleeding edge stuff but it's when you when it comes to application and real world stuff it's a lot better to have well you need things that are hardened i mean there's a reason yes. java is still running a lot of things it's i mean it's tried and true it works c c sharp right. i mean like you know, you get, python's fun javascript is a can be a mess yeah you know, it's like you get all the you let someone else learn the lessons right so like the scale a bit you have scalability you have security you have all of these things that you don't know about when you're testing models yeah. on your laptop versus when you deploy it full scale across an organization yeah. well then there are pitfalls with open source sometimes too i mean like sure. it wasn't there i mean it was probably five six years ago they came they found a problem in numpy that and a lot of people had built their yeah. statistical models for their dissertations and this is that you know or published papers based off of that and they had to walk some of it back because the numpy you know model wasn't actually calculating purpose so, i mean the, the, there is you know pluses and minuses yeah. you got to know the tools or you know some things that you want to believe i mean i guess it comes down to the whole licensing <laughs> versus you know having something you know do i use sas or do i use r you know i mean i yeah. I, I don't want to use sas ever but you know the liabilities on SAS if right, it goes yeah. wrong like but you know if i take an r model that someone wrote and i don't validate that it's actually doing what i but think the it's r doing it's backed by ibm right uh no i don't believe so r i mean deposit by... they rebranded deposit there's r studio but oh they rebranded it well r studio rebranded deposit so oh, that they're okay. more like because i think they do some python now and they support oh, julia okay. and all that oh i see um but it's still like the ide the oh, open okay. source one's called uh r studio still okay. but um but no yeah i mean i think there's still r is still open source it's not you know and actually microsoft it's funny talk about Spotfire. you know microsoft did that whole microsoft revolution analytics and they had their own repository you know there's cran mm -hmm. is the main repository and then they did like mran or whatever so couple months ago my one of my r data functions stopped working because like for some of the users because they had got the newest version like so tipco was using microsoft's repository to like load it so it was loading the newest version of like dplyr oh. in whereas everything i had written was based off of like version 0 0.9 or whatever that tipco had previously so they had to write a hotfix to repoint it to cran because microsoft shut down that repository once they discontinued supporting it and then like when tear pulled it for all the new users they were getting the most recent version of because i guess it would default to the, the right. major cran ah. so it was a uh, interesting uh benefits of containers right? yeah yes that's 
No, I mean, I run into that all the time. That's half the reason I, I in my opinion, I'm, I don't code more is because I'll go try and, you know, install a new package or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, this package is out of date or this one is too new and it isn't supported yeah. by our current, you're like, you're like, oh. You know, that's another one I want to mention is like, right now we have so many packages. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's all sometimes new, like the Python. It's better than the Python. It's like if you mm -hmm. don't specify the exact yeah. version, yeah. but you always run into issue. Yeah, but Python, at least, I mean, in my experience between Python and R, like, I mean, I used to hate Python because I could never get started and I had Conda and I had this and like had installed five different versions. I didn't know how to make it work. But now that I understand virtual environments and but that you can define the requirements.txt file and you can say, I want your requests you know, equals, equals yep. the version, whatever, and you can lock it in for that environment. I mean, that you much better environmental control, whereas I think R is trying to get there with some RENV, but it's not nearly not as good. Yet, right. But like R, I mean, I can install R in R Studio and get someone up and running like yeah. that. You know, so there's pluses and minuses there. Yeah. And and I did want to ask, I mean, because, and maybe you probably answered probably both, but I mean, what have you, have you used? Like, is it mainly, has it been R, has it been Python, or are you using that now? Or? We are mainly, okay, let me put it this way. My the whole ecosystem in the tooling side, we have different kind of language. It's because in a uh, uh, company like 50 years old, you had different kind of system. Sure. You need a, like we had a C-sharp to get sure. the data from some place, and we had a Node-RED to get the data from other place, and we had the Java as the, the main for the Kafka, because Java is a Kafka. Yeah. Kafka stream or like Kafka consumer or producer is a Kafka, is a Java. And also the model, all our model is in Python. Okay. We write either the ML model. Uh, ML model actually is the file, right? You just mm. uh, embed the file and then you build a wrapper to get yeah. inference, that kind of stuff. And also like engineering, engineering model, like the Tony engine model is the equation bundle equation. You just write in the Python sure. and pack as the API. Right now we pack everything as an API and, and run as an app. So everything yeah. is containerized. Even all our other app, like the inference app, or like the sync app. What is the sync app? That means like we get the data from the model. We need to write back to Kafka or we write back to Snowflake. Yeah. That we call sync app. So we have more than 40, 50 app right now. Yeah. Include the model. So right, that's the, the people come to me and say, Dean, how do you do ML op? I say, I don't really do ML op because my whole ecosystem is follow the software development cycle. Yeah. So my, right. All my app is software. It's not just the model. Model is just a small piece, like right. especially sure. ML model. Yeah, you have to a write a Flask app or yeah, yeah, a Fast yeah. API or something yeah. like. I need to manage them in the same way. Otherwise, I just specify something for the ML. Later, it's just harder for me to manage it. Similar yeah. to like you had a, a free like American Airlines. You have half the aircraft is Boeing, half the aircraft is Airbus. Right. It's harder for you to maintain that kind of stuff, right? Sure. So, yeah. So that right now we had different kind of languages. Whatever whole system we need to talk to mm. use what kind of language yeah, yeah we will use that language so oh of course yeah yeah i mean and again you've got all different kinds and again uh, probably c sharp and java probably been the most traditional like in the past as far as like yeah. software engineering and data like integration type yeah. stuff but i mean yeah I, I was thinking more on the model side so it sounds like more python than yeah R. model like i say is more package you don't need to write like if you want to write a model yeah it's a java you need to write from scratch for some of the yeah. basic Calculation, but in, in the Python, you just get the yeah. package in long as them, right? But that's another story I want to share is like 20, 24 years ago, when I first played with the ML, you know the back propagation algorithm? Yep. I lost in the C oh by boy. myself. And 
And that was C, not, not even C++? No, C. it's a C. It's not and even object-oriented, And, and, and oh you can see that how I'm, sometimes I feel that I appreciate so many packages. Oh, yeah. But sometimes too many packages had wasn't easy. But when you come back, look back 20 years ago, you need to write the, <laughs> the, the, the whole, equation. Yeah. yeah, because I get and the table. And manage the memory. And yeah. The, like, yeah, I get the table, the equation. I need to convert this equation into and to a, compile uh, it compile and them and then run that. And also at that time, we had like, the parameter is like several thousand. I long <laughs> to change the neural network is about eight hours, something like that. Yeah. And also we had a super weight machine. At that time we long the 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 sample we had is 200 sample. But look at here right now, like yeah. what the open, uh, the check GPT, how mm -hmm. many parameters? Oh gosh. Yeah. Hundreds of, of thousands to billions now. <laughs> yeah. So you can see that how the hardware, actually the hardware enable a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hardware and memory. I mean, like memory. Because I mean, I talk to people. I mean, like you brought Snowflake. Snowflake is twenty three dollars a month per compressed terabyte. I mean, I remember talking to like Jeremy Funk and some other and a couple other people I know that were doing software and hardware sales like twenty years ago. It was like a hundreds of thousands, almost millions of dollars for terabytes of storage. Like, but it, like, like I told you when I was in college, I assembled in the computer for my classmate. Yeah. At that time, was our stand up configuration. 120 gig, 120, 120, uh, 120 megabit memory, mm, yeah. 30 gigabit hard drive. Yeah. I think the CPU is 800 or 1G. <laughs> yeah. Well, not multi-threaded. What was it? Bill Gates, didn't, isn't he famous for saying something like, it, you'll never need more than 256 megabytes or something was, like that? Or? It was literally, it's, it was, shout out to my uh, high school uh computer science teacher it, she had that quote on her wall in our computer science lab and it's i think it was gates but it was like yeah a uh, user will never need more than 256 kilobytes of ram but at the time like we that, run right? the windows like, you've obviously never seen slack <laughs> yeah <laughs> but at the time we run the windows very smoothly right yeah all right like windows a windows a or windows in, uh, net uh, nt something like that yeah or windows 2000 yeah. it's running smoothly but right now look at this yeah i look at my memory right now it's like my desktop is that 32 gigabit? Mm. Oh yeah. You see. Well, I mean, but, but I mean, think about the. But, but <laughs> this but, is more powerful than any computer I had. But even growing the, but think up. about in-memory processing now. Like that's a huge deal. Like if you can get data in memory, like you can process it much faster than like you know off the hard drive now yeah. and everything, right? And now you also have solid state versus you know spinning disks, yep. which is a better deal. But like if I can throw it into RAM, I can process it really quick. You know. Yep. Um. But yeah, no, it's no. I mean, like definitely, like the hardware improvements have enabled so much, and sure. and again what was big data when I even got into the industry and I, big data is not even like a thing anymore because yeah. it's not, it's not big. I mean, like yeah, no big, no yeah. big. seismic would be the only one that might qualify for that. But, but, but not agree. even for us. I mean, like, I just don't even think big data is a thing anymore. Like, people don't even say big data anymore. Yeah, like, that's very true. There's like, just, it, cause it should, there's always data. There's basically there's, infinite yeah, compute, right. you know, knock on wood. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, right now when you look at NVIDIA's new GPU is like, it longer than a truck, right? I think really? like that. Is it that big? Wow. Oh, it's big. It's like, here to here is the uh, high. It's like a, I cannot remember the model name, uh, but it's uh, very big from here to here. Because like for the GPU, the most important is the GPU communication to GPU. Mm -hmm. So like you send data from this to that one. So you need a bandwidth very big. So that's why that's the key. And also another is like Nvidia already had a CUDA. Right. It's yeah. an ecosystem like the Windows we have right now. So if you want to break into that one and get another empire, that's difficult. Although yeah. the technology is not there, but people get used to a lot of library. Like you sure. say, the library, like the package is already there. You can spin up in like 
one hour. But if you get a new one for AMD or something like sure. that, you take a lot of time. Well, to see. speaking of CUDA, I mean, you shared it with me, and I had seen it through another one. But did you see like the news this past week where like you just feed like there's the package is a CUDA DF package in Python, and it'll speed up your uh, pandas by like 150 times. Whoa, I, I didn't really. Yeah, I, we'll I share it with you. Like it's it, it's a simple like you can keep your pandas code. You just define it at the top of your Python script. And it will, you know, accelerate up to 150 times your pandas code. Yeah. Using G if you have access to the GPU, well, like through. You I think know. I think we're gonna see a lot of really interesting shit around like the 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 hardware excel. Uh, yeah, hardware acceleration is what it's called, right? But this idea of hardware continuing to accelerate software mm -hmm. as well with mm -hmm. with all the ML stuff because it's all most of it at least seems to be GPU based moving forward, and so those are very expensive and they're they're not cheap they're not easy to uh, maintain and stuff and so that's a uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how like the, yeah the yeah. john we have worked together on that one like two years ago mm -hmm. or three years ago when we don't have yeah. a starting what we what we use in the field in the framework mm -hmm. is lte right lte mm -hmm. or like satellite yeah, yeah. right now the Starting coming, Starlink, yeah. 200 or 300 up and down. Mm -hmm. It's no issue right now. It's yeah. nobody complain about that. Yeah. Be because that day when I talked to Nabal and Kowa, they work with the, they collaborate. I asked them how they collaborate. They say that Kowa will calculate the, the low map for the new world to Jill and send to the rig uh, so that the, the checkpoint, right. so that the rig can follow and do that. But imagine without the starting, how can right. you do that? Right. Because no, yeah. like everything the Kowa stuff is in the cloud, and you send well, cause, that because the start. I mean, the satellite stuff we were using five, six years ago was slow, oh, super yeah, expensive. I mean, like it's that's joining me work together yeah. at that time. We to high sale. We try to make it more stable, and then use the LTE like mm -hmm. the Paul. I think Paul, the founder of the high sale at that time, tried to put a. a more yeah. there, so in the high shell. So, but right now it's not an issue anymore. You can see how the technology. Yeah, yeah. Elon Musk. I don't have too much feeling on him, but sometimes he did a good job. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, so, starting is what solved all the oil field problem right now. Yeah. No, now. I mean yeah. that that has historically been one of the biggest issues is how do you get the data from the field to a, a bigger computer processor to the cloud so it can do whatever yeah. it needs and then send it back. And yeah, no, I th I think that's that's a huge development moving forward is the yeah so right stuff. now nobody complain about the internet right now yeah, yeah. Oh, i used it's, to, it's, funny. Used to <laughs> it's it's crazy how that's changed you worked with rds before right? well, you well, know even how... before that I, <laughs> when i was in the field right like everyone the engineers and stuff and supervisors would have hotspots, but those would be capped at you know a gig or whatever it was back then because you paid by the megabyte and then you'd get you know the guys in the field would be in their van watching porn on on the <laughs> cellular signal, which is the same one that you're supposed to be yeah, pushing the reports bandwidth, yeah. and stuff. We weren't even streaming anything. We were yeah. just pushing reports and like files, but even those would get bogged down because they'd use all the bandwidth watching TV or streaming, trying to stream <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, I too, remember you know, like, the guy just called, uh, called say, oh, I was watching a movie. I long out. Oh, <laughs> like, you can't do that, yeah. man. <laughs> it's funny, I mean, Kind of brought up, kind of clicked for me a little bit. It, it, there are some like, parallels, even say, you know, say we we knew shale, you know, there oil existed yeah. in the shale for yeah. it, but it wasn't economically viable or right. technologically viable, you know. And then you see some of these parallels, like you know, talking to you about what you were doing twenty years ago, or you talked to Talal and he was doing computer vision for his you know master's mm -hmm. thesis back twenty twenty five years ago, 
but like again you just didn't have the hardware and stuff to right. really do it or productionize it but like all of a sudden once it catches up they're like these are not new concepts yeah it's just we actually we can actually we can do, do them it. or apply them at scale or affordably and yeah yeah it's pretty interesting it is it's very true it's uh it's new and sexy to the average yeah. person but for the ogs they like yeah i've been working on this for 20 yeah. 30 years now you know it's uh but yeah the the hardware definitely enables the idea like to your point those ideas aren't new new yeah. at all yeah the, the idea of ml isn't new at all right it yeah. goes back decades but the actual you know commercial implementation yeah. of them gets enabled by the technology set yeah sure. like two years ago you may hear about me about all as compute as computing mm -hmm. but these two years i don't say that yeah why is that doesn't need it because we had uh, starting mm -hmm. right sometimes we still need some of the model but for more than model, you just put in the car yeah. and just push it because styling is really stable and very fast. Yeah, yeah. That's the same. I mean, talk about Snowflake. I mean, if I want something to run faster, I click a button and within a second, and now I've got twice compute. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like and it, run, and it runs twice as fast. Like it's just. Yeah. What uh, I want to ask you this because we gotta be wrapping up here. But what? How do you see um automation moving forward with? Because to me, you know, the first step. Once we now we've got we're focused on data, we're focusing on ML. Mm -hmm. the, the one of the big kind of visionary things with ML is automating processes, things that happen in the field, whether that be, you know, just on a regular rod pump well, shutting off the motor or closing a valve or whatever, all the way to, you know, the dream of completely automated drilling rigs and frack sites and all of these things where, you know, there's all this risk associated with mm -hmm. humans being out there. How can we eliminate as many humans as possible yeah. in the human error element how far away do you do you think we are from some of that on the on the ops side at least um you know because like to me when i got into the edge side that was like the the immediate click for me was oh if we have this computer here and that gives us that enables us the ability to potentially automate these processes because you take the internet mm -hmm. connection liability out mm -hmm. of the equation right like if that goes down you still have the ability for the entire process system to operate because the computer is local it's not and the model is local it's not up in the cloud but just in the last two years with starlink and things like that like how do you i mean has that changed your perspective on the the automation side of things at all as far as like we might actually be able to run some of these things in the cloud or do you think that there's always going to have to be that level of redundancy of having local compute uh, from my perspective is like we we always need to have a local redundancy yeah the another one is like from the technology perspective, I don't see any issue. Yeah. Because the automation, I I, I don't say that you auto drill the well, like right. just, just like blind <laughs> drill the well. That's the whole yeah. story. But for other like pie handling, like that kind of right. risk stuff, that kind of stuff, I think from a technology perspective, we can do it. It's just depending on several factors. One is like the culture. We have a lot of people working in the field mm. like 30 years. They are not going to change the mind, right? right? Like the second one is like, how much money we're going to put into it? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's like my VP when I was in uh, the private company in Tulsa. My VP of the the during completion, he said, "Ding, right now the the vehicle can auto drive in the in the street. Why cannot have auto during week?" I said, "Yeah, I I cannot say that the technology is there already, but." With the investor, we put in the money into yeah. the during completion of oil and gas, then we never go to has. Imagine when yeah. the, the car auto driving in the in the street, how many money we put each yeah. year globally? 
yeah. right? Billion of dollar, a lot of stuff yeah. doing, well, they, lot they, of people doing. They custom but, developed the whole edge GPU yeah, device yeah. for the Tesla. But for right? one guess, we everybody think we are the sunset industry. Who going to put the money? And if yeah. you no money, how? I don't say the technology cannot be breakthrough, right. but you need to have an investment. There. Yeah, I don't think it will going to be happen one day. Except that we see the drilling technology can to use to drill another kind of mine, yeah, <laughs> like, right, like like the right. different kind of well, then, metal, I think something people, like that. I think people want to rush it too. I mean, like you got to take yes. baby steps. Like, can we remove half the people off the rig? Yeah. I mean, and I don't mean that from like I want to replace people's jobs. I mean, certainly you can save on GNA costs and stuff from that standpoint. But there's also just inherent risk of you know, like, yeah. you know, life limb, you know, safety mm -hmm. side of it. There's you know, large implications. But I mean, like I think you know, there's there's got to be that you know, those baby steps of like, you know, just the augmented intelligence where like these are informing them to do things right. better. Yeah, augmented turns into automation. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, but I think that as the time go by, we, that we can see that the people in the rig or the, in the field will get small and small and mm -hmm. less and less because we automate a lot of stuff, not yeah. just from the yeah. the data perspective, but also upon, from the operation perspective, right. like the neighbor's new rig, like the pie handling. You know that neighbor in ExxonMobil, they had the new rig do the pie handling in mm -hmm. the in the permit right now. Because the first time I come out, a lot of people come to me and say, oh yeah, Naval and ExxonMobil had automated drilling rig. And when I talk, <laughs> when we say, oh no, that's just a handling of the pie. Right, yeah. Right. That's everywhere. Like Tosla's the fact, uh, Giga factory, they use the, all the the robot to do the handling. Yeah, the right. kind of stuff. It's nothing new, right? Yeah, yeah. You've been building cars with robots <laughs> yeah, for years. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, but I can see that all these kind of, like that, uh, the, this kind of stuff will gradually come right. in, but not going to be happen one day. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, so I mean, it's got to be like take time. 10, ten or years plus or minus. Yeah. I mean, like ten plus years. Yeah, no, I think I think the big thing there is that you know the companies, the perspective of the companies need to be this is a long term investment. This is a long term thing, and we're not we don't need to come in and say how do we replace the entire rig today. Mm -hmm. It's how do we inform them to make better decisions so that it's more efficient. We can drill faster, we can drill cheaper, yep. we can get more oil, at, like whatever that may be. But then over time, you know, you get those small wins and they compound into yeah. a solution at some point, right? Yeah, that's actually exactly like 10 years ago, how many rigs we have? Right. And how many right. rigs we had yeah. right yeah. now? And what's the production 10 years ago? And was let's say we just use yeah, the US like, and and the permit. So you can see that the technology actually improved in right. the past 10 years dramatically in yeah. oil and gas. In the DNC, you can see that, right? Yeah, you can't use rig, rig count anymore as a as a well, I mean, direct factor of of production because of how efficient. Yeah, I mean all of it. I mean just being able to drill all the step outs and everything yeah. from one location, and then like mm -hmm. even zipper fracking and just I mean simul frack now and yep. all this stuff. I mean, it's just. But I see that uh, the automation will be uh, still ongoing, no matter like like the data one or right. like the operation or like the execution. It yeah. will gradually move on, and then we yeah. see less less people in the field, and then technology actually made this happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, we, I, and we also have to step back and realize, I mean, because again, we're very technology. All of us in here are very technology centric, <laughs> and we've worked at companies that are pretty progressive technologically. Like, never forget, there are still operators out there that are yep. doing everything in Excel still. Like, they don't even touch Spotify, you know. Like, and that's a ten year old deal in the oil and gas. I mean. There's so many slow, you know, people that are still slow to adopt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have your BPs and Conicos and you know whoever else like pushing the envelope, right? You know, because it's incumbent on them, you know, and they have the money to throw at it. But yeah, yeah, but you need to, like you say, they have some people is a slow adapter. Some people is 
open mind. Yeah. You need to consider that one. It's not everybody had the same mind, right? Some right. people say, oh, I'm doing this for 30 years. Yeah. I really don't want to change. I'm yeah. happy with this. Yeah. If I don't do that every day, I feel not good. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah, yeah. <laughs> do something. So, but anyway, it's like, I see that technology is, is good. Like there was a, I would, when I was in China, when a little young boy, I see the TV had the advertisement say, technology made life better. <laughs> is that? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward to see because of all the, uh, the doom and gloom with AI to, you know, yeah, implications be becoming and sentient and all of that fun stuff, which I still think we're pretty far off of that. But yeah, if you've ever used even just like the agents right, right now, like I've done quite a bit of messing around with them and sometimes a guided agent can actually get you pretty far, but it still needs a lot of, I, I, yeah, I equate it to bowling with bumpers, right? Like you pull the bumpers up for the kids so they don't go in the gutter. It's the same thing with the AI bots now, right? They're very young. They don't, they're still figuring things out They're mm -hmm. And those bumpers are the human guiding it and forcing it back. So it doesn't go off on these off the rails. crazy. Really? Yeah. yeah. The crazy <laughs> stuff. Like the Terminator. The, my yeah. favorite movie is Terminator. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there something the, like that? Terminator 2. Wasn't there something like an, like an Air Force like AI thing? Like it was, it kind of went off because like it was told to like attack. And then when the people that were telling it to back off, like it went to go attack that, mm -hmm. like, like they were doing some testing and like, you know, it was AI and like they were, it, it saw them as a threat because it was telling it to right. stand down. Like, and they didn't but, consider those implications yeah. of how it was trained. And then it was trying to attack them because they were the ones telling, telling it to stop. And it saw that as a threat. Like, yeah, we, we had the, uh, I think De it was Deloitte brought their little, uh, Boston dynamics dog to our, oh, yeah, our show Boston a couple dynamic, weeks yeah. ago. And it was watching it walk around. I was like, this is so awesome, but this is also the most terrifying thing in the world because <laughs> it's like, you could imagine a battlefield of a just thousand those. of these things with, you know, guns on their backs and rockets and all kinds looks of like shit. Star Wars. Yeah. And it literally looks like, you know, clone wars where there's just robots fighting each other. And you're like, oh, that's a very real potential thing in the yeah. future, right? Like, it's going to happen, buddy. Yeah. It's, no, it's terrifying. It's a <laughs> yeah. foundation model. Yeah. You can ask us to do anything right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, no, that's, it's going to be fun and hopefully mostly more fun, more fun than, than yeah. scary. But, uh, We've got a, we've already, man, we've blown through this hour, yeah. but I knew it would be good because you're such a cool, you've got such cool experience and it's, it's good to come here. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we wrap up with some just quick fire questions. Just give us just random stuff. Just give us kind of a short answer. Uh, the first one I'll ask you is Azure, AWS or GCP, which one, which one is your favorite? I, I never play with the AWS, but I like. I think if the next one, if I won't, I had a choice to choose, I will use AWS. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never use it. No, I use no, it. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because I mean, I've never used GCP, but I mean, I, I've heard good things, but maybe it's like you, you know, the no, grass is always greener. GCP, but... I'm not sure right now. I use this in Anadarko. They are, sometimes they are not that updated. Let, let me give you an example. Yeah. At that time, GCP, like the stream processing, GCP had a data flow or data Frog, something like that. It's similar to the Streambase yeah. or like the Kafka. But at that time, when they say X27, they say, uh, we ask them, are they support Python? They say, yeah, we we support Python too. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's a one, okay, that's one example. Another example, that's five years ago. Not, sure, yeah. Not right now. Five years ago, we built ML model. We want to use, uh, they call it uh, ML engine. Yeah. In the, in the cloud. Is uh, I'm not sure right now, call AI's, 
vertex. But I found something like that. Yeah. They change the name. And we want to use a TensorFlow. At okay. that time, the TensorFlow is 21 or something like that. But there wasn't mm. in there. It's like nine or 10. Okay, yeah, the, what they supported. And, and those are very different too, because I think even when I was doing that whole TensorFlow, like the model I was talking about mm -hmm. earlier, it was right at the time where I think they switched from maybe like, you know, one version to another. So like I had to, again, I had to specify the version that it was using yeah. because it, it would totally break. Because like me, I, we always try to test the latest open source model. Yeah. yeah. And if like this too old, we cannot deploy it to Samsung. That's right. why at the time my VP, like another at the time said, Dean, let's use the, uh, the, they told the cloud ML engine. Sure. Because we signed a deal with them yeah. and we need to use a credit. But I said, I cannot use this right. because it's too old. Yeah. yeah. And then people don't understand why the, why the, is the TensorFlow is from Google. Why it's so old? But you need to understand it's from Google brand or Google yeah, AI. Like the, it's yeah. not from, Google, right. Google Cloud. Cloud. Yeah. yeah, it's a different company. Yeah. It's not they all under Google. So, yeah. I'm not bad mouth about Google. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think no. I think no. that's a very common. No, I mean, AWS is a. It's. I mean, it's the gold standard. It's a common. If we're being honest, I mean, like it is what it is. Like, and also after that, they release a news saying not going to do any yeah. AI stuff for the. Oh, yeah. Come on, buddy, you guys are yep. failure in yeah. going gas. And then and four months later, oh, we're going to do something with the Ramco. Yeah, yeah they back yeah. out of that. Yeah, and it's 2020. At that time, we all, the whole company is, is discussing this news and asking me, Dean, are they doing good stuff for us? I say, zero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's very true. I think they really shot themselves in the foot with our industry because of that. But it's a, also a very common misconception that it's like, oh, well, it's AWS. It's like, well, AWS has a million departments because there's yeah. a million different tools there and all of them do, right? Um, I was going to ask you, what, uh, what's, a, what's a really good you know, book that you would recommend for, for someone either getting into data science or energy or just in general? Uh, not a book, but I know that Angel Wu, that's the standard professor before. He Stanford. had, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Angel, Angel. In Chinese, no, it's Angjo, Wanjo, but okay. that's a Chinese. But his class, like in the Coursera, mm -hmm. they, are, they call it the uh, ML specification, or they had a series, uh, uh, one series is called the ML or like yeah. the AI, but they have four courses there. That's the best course I see explaining the Neural network, the, mm -hmm. the machine learning is the best course. That's the good one. I always cool. recommend the people. Yeah. Uh, we can put in the link yeah. in the, in the no, comment. Yeah. That one. But that's the, actually the best yeah. course I see in he's, my. He's career. the gold standard, you know, with all that kind of. Those courses are really good. Yeah, Cosero. He's the founder of the Cosero. So okay, he actually is a big guy in the AI side. He used to be a professor in uh, Stanford, but he came out and, and found a lot of company. But he explained that one very easily, yeah. like linear uh, algebra, because all the back end is linear mm -hmm. algebra, right. to yeah, that's be what it honest. Is, yeah. So that's a good course for me, that one. Yeah, he's, he's got a really good course. I watched it recently, right when all the LLS, LLM stuff was coming uh, yeah, out. Yeah, but, but it was, uh, he had one on like uh, prompt engineering. Yeah, like, yeah, that one, that one's also a good yeah, one. Yeah, so. You wanna wrap this up? Yeah, uh, I guess one more, what's the uh, favorite open source model? Or, or favorite open source package, rather, sorry. Or Pandas? Pandas, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. pandas. We use every single day. Have, have you messed around with polars yet? No, yeah. no, no. What's uh? This will be the last one, and we'll wrap up. What's what's one piece of advice you give to someone either trying to get into trying to get into energy and data specifically? 
to assume they're a college student coming out of coming out of school and they're interested in getting into to being being a, a data science a data scientist a data science advisor at some point what what would you what advice would you give yeah them? i still back to the original advisor it's just like find a use case mm -hmm. yeah and so is deliver the use case yeah use any method you see fit not over queue not under queue yeah that's it yeah that's the my that's the secret I get so wide by several rounds of the layoff. Yeah, no, I don't know, 100%. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I came into uh, Conoco, didn't know anything, but, you know, you get you make yourself useful and you solve people's problems and they're happy. Like, yeah, yeah that's, no, the, that's very true. That's the best one. I, because I, in my short career, like 10 years in the oil gas, I experienced the more than 10 rounds of yeah. <laughs> layoff yeah. and also too much. I survived. So that's yep. the way you, you need to do. Yeah. Just find a use case to solve somebody's problem. Use the most appropriate technology. Yeah. Not overkill, not underkill. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's great advice. Ding, thanks so much for coming, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank it's you. Great talk. We'll end it on there. Yes. Yeah, thanks, yep. man. Yep. We'll have you back. Thanks, everybody. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Goodbye.